Design it, craft it, smith it, stitch it, tool it, and pick it. We do it all. This is Bespokelahoma. Musical intro by Allie Harder and Pig Supply Shop out of Oklahoma City. Welcome to another fine episode of Bespoke Oklahoma Broadcasting. Hello, what? Hello? What? Seriously? No, go ahead. Go ahead. What? Go ahead. Go ahead with the intro. Oh, geez. Okay. Can you hear me now? <laughs> yes. Are you screwing with me, Dustin? Yep. I wanted to get I was... the... I wanted to give people a different intro this time. I was on it, man. I was on it. Okay. <laughs> Do I just see a start from the top here? No. Just go ahead. Just go ahead. Okay. Broadcasting live, as always, out of the Traditions Leathercraft Studio, 7500 West Reno Suite 200. Check out the Traditions Leathercraft LLC website for... KC's special buys. Uh, still ongoing is the $75 mystery box as well as the live oak special on eight to nine ounce double shoulders for the low, low price of $59.99. KC is also running a really sweet Father's Day special. Uh, for anyone interested in getting into belt making, he's offering a live oak belt starter pack. Each pack comes with three live oak belt strips and keepers, three heavy-duty roller buckles, a <clears throat> heavy-duty strap and punch, and a heavy-duty oblong punch. Each pack will also have a Traditions Leathercraft acrylic template for making both ends of the belt and a free practice piece to tool on with a floral pattern. Uh, this special will be running through Sunday, Father's Day. Normally it would sell for $130 and is on sale for Father's Day for $100. Um, we have a class in the books. Our very own Dustin Clark of Clark Leather Creations. We'll be teaching a DOP bag making class Saturday, June 25th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Uh, only four spots available, so be sure to reach out to Casey as soon as possible if you're interested in this class. Uh, all tools and materials provided. Fee for the class is $65. Uh, that is the announcements that I have for today. <laughs> Well, uh, I want to tell you real quick, Melissa, like, yeah, your announcements right there really gave me, like, morning announcements at school vibes today. For some reason. Did it? Yeah. Like, I was, I have... I was waiting for the, the school menu, or the lunch menu to come by. The lunch menu? I tell you what, I have been spending a bit too much time with a small person lately, <laughs> and... We have been uh, we have been growing and learning, and I have been trying to use what do they call it? Your gentle parenting voice. I have been trying to work on my gentle parenting voice, so maybe I'm succeeding a bit. <laughs> I don't know. Well, well, I have a couple of announcements first. So, uh, and we're back. 
<laughs> so I have a couple of announcements. Uh, June 11th, this past Saturday, was the day in 2019 that I quit my full-time job and started leather full-time. So anniversary. Um, Monday, the 13th, was also my wedding anniversary. And then tomorrow, which is the 16th, is our one-year anniversary of Best Oklahoma. Woohoo! Big class. Hold for applause. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, I just have one more announcement. So, I am in studio today at Casey at Traditions um, because I had to move my uh, Wi-Fi router at my house, and it was I was having a bunch of issues. And you know, I have like a little mini farm out at my house. And uh, for some reason, it just wasn't working in the house. So I moved it out to the barn. And now I have stable Wi-Fi. In the barn. (laughs) Stable Wi-Fi. Oh, my God. Stable in the barn. I am too tired and have not had enough beers for your shenanigans, Dustin Clark. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that, that's the dad joke. I, I pepper them in at the top so people can't skip them. And you throw me off every time you pepper it in. I'm just like way invested in this story and then just totally miss, totally miss the dad joke. <laughs> All right. So tonight we have Michael Parham, Parham, Parham. of Parham Custom Leathers. Yep. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing wonderful. How are y'all? Awesome. She's tired. Yeah, she's tired. Well, I mean, when you're raising kids, I'm sure that's tiring <laughs> stuff for sure. For sure. Michael, yeah, can you speak up and? Oh, okay. I just I have a bit now? of a hard time. Yeah, I'm deaf, man. Go ahead. I <laughs> I I spend way too much time in front of the uh, the speakers at the Canes Ballroom in my youth. Oh uh, yeah, that's a good place. Yeah, it is a good place, but I've it'll do it. It'll get there. you. Yeah, well, it's better if you don't stand next to the speakers. And at, at my age, I don't think I could stand up for an entire concert anymore anyway. So, Well, it's way more interesting up there by the speakers, though. Aren't you? Under- it is. Yes, Dustin, I have lived a lot of life. I have done too many things <laughs> that are not good for you. And I, you know, Alan Jackson may say that you can't have too much fun, but I may have gotten there and my body is paying the price now. Yeah, I, 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 I pushed. I wanted to see where the line was. On a mission. On a mission. Is he still playing? I don't, I don't think she got that referral. I don't so, think. I did not. I did not. How are you doing, Michael? I'm loving it. Um, every, day, every day is a beautiful day, even when it's hot outside. <laughs> so, tell us what got you started in other words. Well, when I started, it was, uh, I was actually, it was no, nowhere on my radar. I mean, obviously I've, I've got things that were made out of leather and, uh, but I'd never made anything out of leather. Um, I was working at a golf course, um, at the time and my boss had brought this, he had like a little Bible carrying case mm-hmm. and it was, it was super clean basket weave and just kind of, uh, had his, had his name and stuff on it. Whoa, man, that's super cool where'd you get that he said i made it i was like all right 
Well, you had to tell me a lot more now. I'm, I'm intrigued. And so uh, he just kind of told me how he got started. And I did the same thing. Went down to uh, Tandy. The, uh, the, the, the T-Work. There's the T-Work. <laughs> and uh, and the, the, the place that I, I, I don't really go there too much now anymore. Now that I've found the, the mecca that is Casey's <laughs> over here. And, um, but I started out with the seven tool kit and the basic kit. And, uh, I was just like, I'm going to make everybody's Christmas present for the rest of my life. <laughs> and, uh, and so that's just kind of where, where it got started. I remember I was sitting on, uh, the first thing that I tooled was a little coaster and this was in 2011. Uh, it was on my, my, my grandmother's house and it was on her counter. <laughs> I was just like, this is stone, so I can use this, right? <laughs> and uh, I had literally no idea. I didn't, I didn't look at really any videos or mm. anything like that. I was just like, I know you got to get the leather wet, and then you use the hammer. Had the little, little, uh, little yellow hammer that is <laughs> like all of about an ounce and a half or whatever. <laughs> just sitting there, swinging away at the uh, at the countertop. Um, but it was, um, yeah, I, I really, it was just felt good to make something and be able to give it to somebody. Mm -hmm. So I've got that, still got that coaster. And then I started making stuff uh, for my wife because if you, you know, you want to stay married for long, you guys, you got to make sure that the wife has, has got plenty of other <laughs> stuff if you're a leather crafter. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, I really, uh, you know, it started just tooling around, just playing around and, um, you know, making real small stuff mm -hmm. for a while. And I think it was 2000. So 2011, I started 2012. I made uh, a guitar strap for my cousin. He's a musician. And so it started going like, you know, some referrals after that. Mm -hmm. Uh, it just, it, I made that for him for Christmas. And he, uh, you know, obviously when he went out on the road, he was out there playing and, and had friends comment, oh, hey, where'd you get your personalized strap? And so slowly but surely some, some referrals kind of started trickling in. Um, but yeah, that's kind of just where, that's where it got started. Uh, I didn't, I haven't taken it seriously until the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, it was mostly guitar straps that I was making, that and Christmas presents. Um, for until like from 2011 to 2017. And um, I do remember there's one, there's one strap that really comes to mind. Uh, it was in 2013, I made a strap for a young lady that was getting a present for her dad. And it was a picture. She was like, can you do this? Hey, and like, what does every leather worker say? Like, Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Uh, but she gave me a picture of her dad and her son, uh, like fishing. Mm -hmm. And it was like a picture taken back behind them. And he was the, the grandfather was like passing the fishing rod over to the son and had the, the lake out in front of him. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can do that. Um, mm -hmm. and, and totally I'm like in my mind I'm already thinking how in the world am I going to do this <laughs> I've never done anything like this before 
And so, you know, the, the growth moments generally come whenever you step way out there into mm -hmm. the uncomfortable places. <laughs> and I immediately felt uncomfortable when I said yes, but I stuck with it. <laughs> and I put uh, a lot of time into just kind of the drawing of it. And, um, you know, eventually when I got it done about what, 40 hours or something, something ridiculous like that, uh, and, and got it to where it kind of like that, that whole process kind of changed my it changed my life to really mm -hmm. i mean just because i was like hey like wow i said yes to this thing and it and it you know went through all these phases these ugly duckling phases but it turned out and i was able to connect with this person mm -hmm. on like such a personal le level and um it was just a really cool process to be a part of and i was like i want i want more of this in my life <laughs> and so i started taking a lot more uh, custom projects after that um and yeah, so were you still able to do Christmas presents with all the custom orders? Yeah, um, I was definitely. I kind of like would kind of shut things down at a certain point during Christmas and just not take any. Somebody had a phone call at, around Christmas, like right, I'm I'm already way too booked up right now. Although, I would take a couple of Christmas, uh, you know, but it generally would be uh, well before Christmas when I had those on the on the dock. Mm -hmm. uh, to to be done and um but i would always leave time to have the christmas presents for mostly everybody everybody at some point's getting the christmas present <laughs> family members out there, if you're listening and you haven't got the special leather gift from me it's coming it's it's coming it's on the way just hang in there <laughs> it, it might be late but it's at least it's christmas. Late. hey late is better than never <laughs> so on that uh, the picture you did mm -hmm. was it just a leather picture did you put it on a wallet did you put it, on a it was guitar on a guitar strap, strap. Oh, on a guitar it, was on, strap. it was on a guitar strap her dad played guitar and um and after i gave it to her and then she gave it to her dad she said that he is not going to put it on his guitar that he's going to frame it and put it on his wall i was like put it on the guitar <laughs> don't put it on the wall put it on the guitar that is one of my biggest pet peeves as a leather crafter is I spend all this time making this awesome thing and I hand it to the customer and they say, oh my God, I could never use this. And I'm like, you have to use uh, you it. You better use it. You, you better, better use it. it. I want to see this thing worn in and patinaed. Yes, exactly. It only gets better with time. It just continues, it does. To, continues to take on different characteristics. And it's kind of cool because it takes... You know, we put our thumbprint on it, right? As we make it, somebody else has put their thumbprint on it to get us the resources to be able to make it. And then we pass it on to somebody that puts their thumbprint. I mean, it's, it's such a kind of a cool uh, life cycle that it takes on. Quick side note, since you said thumbprint. Yeah. So when I was still making holsters or mm -hmm. whenever I make a knife sheet, I'm a big true crime buff. Okay. Like true crime stuff part of me whenever i finish a knife sheath and i go to package it i wonder like i have a little bit of panic in the back of my head of what is the fingerprint on this and the person i send it to it is in a bad situation mm. and the cops come knocking at my door because they pull my fingerprint off the sheet mm -hmm. where were you on the night exactly <laughs> i mean I promise I was tooling leather. Yeah, it is very, <laughs> very unlikely that, that that will happen, but I just wanted to put that, you know, That's into funny. my weird brain. <laughs> <laughs> 
so how did you learn the the tooling and i'm really impressed by your your nature scenes i mean obviously you. you're a big you're a big outdoorsy guy but a lot, some people that don't do leather work may not know that that nature and the outdoorsy scenes can be some of the toughest stuff to do you really kind of have to get a little abstract with the tools to make it 100%. look because everybody knows what a tree looks like. So if you screw up the tree, you know, <laughs> and, and, so how did you, how did you learn that kind of tooling or, or in just any of what you do? Well, the cool thing about doing trees in Oklahoma is they're all mangled up because we always have such weird weather. So <laughs> yeah. maybe we, maybe we're on something doing trees around here. Yeah, that's a good, idea. So yeah, that's a good entry level tree point right there. Uh, well, I, uh, it probably came out of, uh, somewhat ignorance of, of the craft itself. Um, I didn't really know how to use the tools. And so we're looking at these tools and I didn't know what a vayner was. I was like, why do they call this thing a vayner? That's weird. But, uh, and I just started kind of tilting it in different ways or, you know, just trying to manipulate the tools to see what I'm like, Oh, if you do it this way, it makes this weird impression. So it was, man, it was a lot of trial and error and just not being afraid to fail. Uh, would be a hundred percent where where I land on on most things is just you gotta you gotta get it out there you gotta uh, try something to see if it works it works if it doesn't you know there's another piece of leather not too far away. <laughs> now, did you paint before you started leather? So I I had some really good art teachers growing up, mm -hmm. um, and I'm talking like second third grade I remember just being like there was just a spark mm -hmm. um I've always just I liked to draw and play around I'm not the, the best drawer but I just enjoyed the process of doing it mm -hmm. um but these teachers uh, I had a teacher in, in seventh and eighth and ninth grade that uh taught me some oil painting stuff and she's uh, she she really opened my mind to the I think the values and colors and and shading and and uh, really trying to help push things in the background or bring things up into the foreground <clears throat> and so like that stuff really stuck with me um, throughout the years and I I really um, I kind of stepped away from art for a long time went to school went to East Central for athletic training so like sports medicine mm. and uh, I loved sports growing up um, really, you know, wanted to kind of just be around that, that culture. And, um, so got my undergrad, I took one art class in college and got a C and <laughs> I'll never forget that. I'm like, what's, what's going on here? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm not the artist that I thought I was at one point, <laughs> but, uh, I, uh, I really enjoy just the process of making things. Um, and like you were saying, like the, the nature aspect of it, I, I just like being outside. I've always worked at golf courses and done outside activities, lots of hiking, uh, just like being on the trail. And it's just, that's, that's a connection that I really, that's like very deep seated in, in me. And so I, you know, it would only make sense for that to melt right into my, uh, my, my work. Um, so I I really pulled a lot from those older lessons that I had gotten from those teachers. And um, when I did 
you know, stumble upon leather work, it just like immediately came back. Also, it really helps to have an art teacher as a wife. Oh, <laughs> oh there it is. So, so my, wife, <laughs> my wife, she is a ceramics teacher at Edmond Memorial High School. And she does amazing work and uh, is just very involved with kids. And, and is, it's really cool to see how excited she gets when these kids light up and, mm. and discover something about art. And art's very important. And uh, a lot of educational areas, they don't pay enough attention to art, uh, which I think is a big downfall in, in our educational culture. Sorry, educators. Uh, I love you. I love all of you and you're doing you're doing God's work out there, but let's get some more art in, in education because art is in everything. Mm. I just got done. I'm not done, but I'm painting a house and there's art in hanging drywall. There's yeah. art in texturing a wall. There's art. I, I, uh, I'm also I just started a couple of years ago doing a uh, teaching for a nonprofit. Uh, it's called Arts Up. And it works with like fifth through eighth graders and just same thing. Seeing, seeing those kids light up is, is amazing. And, uh, and seeing them, how, how they can just like discover a different way of looking at something and a different perspective through the lens of art. Mm. They can take that and, and do, you know, so many different life lessons are right there in that one little, one little thing. So I, I, I think it's super important um, for for art to be, uh, you know, more central in, in kids' lives because it's much easier to learn when you're a kid. <laughs> well, and I think you hit the nail on the head. Art kind of teaches you, you know, you said you weren't afraid to fail. And I think that that, that is quintessential to art is that you have to, you have to not be afraid yeah. to fail because you will. Oh, a million times. You will. Point, so. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. <laughs> it, it's definitely a, a practice in humility. 100%. So uh, do you airbrush at all or are you doing all of this spectacular blending by brush? It's all been brush so far. I just started doing airbrushing, but the only airbrushing that I've really done. So I, I started airbrushing. I, I got one last fall and I, I've really only just been blocking in colors just like a big big swoop uh, of color just as a background and that would just be like the brown tones and everything else all the color would be actually from a brush but okay. I, just took, I just took a lesson from old uh, Daniel Reach uh, this last weekend and I'm, I'm hoping that some of the tips and tricks that he's kind of shared with us that I'll be able to use them in some future works. He's, he's an amazing artist. Like mm -hmm. his stuff is a dragon that he did is unbelievable. Oh yeah. You got to watch the, uh, the video of the dragon. <laughs> it's on YouTube. Uh, it's, it's incredible. And the size of his work was, it was just, it was a, it was a big shield, like mm -hmm. a Renaissance fair kind of big shield kind of deal. <laughs> and, um, I haven't made anything that big yet. So that's another thing on my horizon that I'd love to do is, is work a little bit bigger. Mm. Um, I make a lot of guitar straps, um, a little bit, of, a little bit more wallets nowadays, belts nowadays, cast iron skillet sleeves, 
Can you say that five times fast? You're doing <laughs> right. That, do you do shows? I just started doing shows this last year. Do you take those cast iron? Yeah, that's covers? a big hit. Well, do people confuse them with knife sheets? Yes. Okay. 100%. Right. So it's not just me. No, okay. no. They're, people are like, and they, I mean, I've got it written in big letters right above you, them. You can write it above but them. they're not looking at those letters. They're looking at the stuff. You can write, <laughs> write it on them and even put it on a skillet. I had three skillets. Yeah, right those still ask. <laughs> they're yeah. like, well, you could put, I've got, you know, I've, you I've got something that's similar and I put my, <laughs> put my knife in it or I put my scissors in it or something like that. Sure. I'm glad I'm not the only one. But no, yeah, it's, <laughs> and that's a, that's a hot commodity for the festivals too. Mm. That's probably what it what I've sold the most volume of was the sleeves. But yeah, the, as far as festivals, I, I was supposed to be in the 2019 uh, Edmund Arts Festival. And that was, you know, when the, whatever, the, the world kind of shut down or whatever. <laughs> it was uh, un. Un completely unfortunate situation uh, for the uh, for the entirety of mankind. Yeah. Uh, so so my little tiny problem of not being able to do this festival was was not that big of a deal. But did I you already had, have the inventory prepped for it? I had taken like three months off of doing all my painting stuff, and so I found myself quite behind uh, financially and. You know, thank thank God I have a an understanding wife because, uh, yeah, I I literally just like took several months and just inventory, inventory, mm -hmm. inventory. I made three hundred items, mm -hmm. and um, at that point, I'm also doing everything with the old Titman hand crank. Oh, that's uh, nice. so I just recently upgraded um, to the class four, and it's gonna completely change my life mm -hmm. for sure so your right arm was really I'm strong telling, I tell you, like if you, if you realize that this arm over here looks like popeye and this one over here looks like olive oil so <laughs> because my stitcher I'm, I'm not i you know i want my left arm to be strong but i can't switch the handle to the <laughs> other side unfortunately i wish i could if they made a left-handed titman maybe but i think i'm i think i'll uh probably not be using the Titman quite as much nowadays. <laughs> stick to the class four. Yeah. Uh, I've already told, or, uh, I already um, stitched six belts um, with the class four and it, <laughs> it's, like, it's like three minutes to stitch yeah. a belt with that thing. It's amazing. Are, did you just recently get it? Yeah, like last week. Oh, okay, so yeah, you're still it's... you're still in the slow mode of choo, 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 yeah, slow, yeah, yeah. No, slow, I'm. Yeah. I've seen Casey work it, and it's like forty five seconds for something like. Yeah, he just he'll he'll sit there and talk to you and look at you while he's running a belt through it. Yeah, I'm still super laser focused, looking at it. I'm like, I'm gonna stay on the line. Okay, make sure your finger gets out of the way because <laughs> this will go through an inch thick of leather, <laughs> which happens to be my wrist. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite Casey trick is he stops and goes, "Oh, I'm almost out of." bobbin thread and pulls it out and sure enough he's got like like nine inches of bobbin yeah, thread left like, yeah here's a God. click or something and I, I don't know how he does it but that's just how much stitching he has done yeah and i will i can attest to yeah like with the titman i could tell this stitch like once i pulled it down it's like this stitch is going to skip 
<laughs> and I would, so I would slowly pull it in. Like I'm, while I'm looking into the side of it, and I got like this little tool, and I'm trying to like loop the thread underneath there, and like this, is, and it was, it was been, it, but it's like totally just that vibration that you feel or something, and just like, yep, that one wasn't right, didn't feel right. But it's just after you've done something a hundred million times, like you are so tuned into whatever it is that you you know when something's wrong i've always thought that the tipman and the those patching machines mm -hmm. the cheap ones are best used as boat anchors <laughs> <laughs> i mean they're heavy enough yeah <laughs> so are you planning on doing any shows upcoming dustin and i have talked about how to figure out inventory for shows and it seems to be consistently inconsistent not only across other workers but all crafters who do shows uh i'm sure you probably do a lot of guitar straps so what are some other items you take to shows well as far as um upcoming shows i i plan on applying for a couple in the fall which the deadline, I believe, is tomorrow for the one that I want to do. I think there's one in the plaza that closes down on the, six, the 17th. So if you're a maker and you want to get into the plaza, you better hurry up and, and apply. Uh, but I've, I've also think, thought about doing, I'd like to get into the routine of doing like three to five shows a year. I don't want to be like a festival warrior uh, where I'm just like traveling and constantly doing festivals. I do enjoy traveling. I would love to do maybe sprinkle in a couple out of state ones eventually, but I'm, I'm still just kind of trying to figure out, like you said, just what does it look like to get inventory ready for the festival? And if I'm doing multiples, am I going to have enough time to, because this stuff takes so much time. You, yeah. you guys know, I mean, just, you, if you're really trying to put, uh, you know, some, some style and character into some of these pieces like it takes so much time mm -hmm. and um so it's been a learning curve big time uh i am trying to i always try if i've got custom orders I'm, i i i make things in things in batches and so i'll try to have like 10 projects going at the same time and so that every time i pull out of a piece of equipment or or if i've got all my colors and stuff out I'm doing more than just one thing. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of how I've, I've approached building inventory uh, is if I've got one custom thing, I'm practicing certain aspects of the art on different things that I'm going to use in a festival. Um, not that it's going to be the exact same thing that it's going to be for the custom, but it's just little, little parts of it that I may be uncomfortable with or want to practice or whatever. Right. And, um, so I, that's helped me build up an inventory. And now that I've done a couple of festivals, I know the things that are really selling, which are not always the things that you think. <laughs> Generally, it's always not the things that you yeah. think. And, and same thing with like colors and, and the, the artwork. You're like, ah, oh, I made this thing. This is going to, this will be the first thing that sells. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. I hope that years. the judges are able, and able to see it before, you know, because like, <laughs> somebody's going to snatch this up immediately and I've still got it. I'm at, so. <laughs> it's the thing that, you know, that's like, the, oh, I wish I would have never made that one thing and I'll have 30 compliments on it. I mean, yeah. It's, you just never know. Uh, 
with, with the festivals, but I've, I really enjoy the feedback and it's a, it's a great learning tool, especially if you're just first getting out there, um, just to figure out what, you know, as makers, we want to make things that people want, right? right? Uh, no, 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 Ideally. <laughs> we, we need to get some money in our pockets and pay some bills. But, you know, part of the process is we want people to be able to use this stuff. And so, like, yeah, I had, uh, I had you know, anything from bookmarks and keychains and coasters, uh, skillet sleeves to guitar straps. I didn't have belts at the last one, but I will definitely have belts at this next one. I've been kind of trying to figure out what um, hardware and where, where to source hardware and what hardware do I like and is there a certain style that fits. So I've been kind of playing a lot of games like that at the house with just kind of making a bunch of stuff and giving some of it to family members and friends and as gifts and trying to get feedback from them too. Yeah. So I, I've wanted to try to do that, make a bunch of belts for mm -hmm. inventory for shows, but there are so many different waist sizes. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, like I, I know I'd make a bunch of each one and then end up having like not being able to sell the smalls, For sure. the, the 28 inch or For whatever. Sure. So yeah. my, my approach, cause I'm, I, I'm thinking, I think the same thing. I got, uh, I got one of, one of the shoulders out here that, um, or the, uh, one of the double shoulders over here from Casey, mm. uh, when he had the special and I was like, I don't care what sizes these are. And I'm just going to cut them to the length of whatever the, sh the double shoulder allows. And I, I called it going to school. And, uh, and so I'm, I take myself <laughs> to school and uh, I'm making all these different straps. And I do a different pattern with a different color combination. And I'm just practicing. And, but what, what is cool is you'll make a piece and you know, you're like, this is a completely random size. Mm. Uh, but when it, when it fits somebody, it's like, it's for them. Yeah. Like, it's like divine intervention. This is, this is made <laughs> for you because it fits nobody else but you. Right. Uh, but also I take a lot of pictures and I'll cut pieces off of it and keep it as a, in a Rolodex. Mm -hmm. And that way, I, and I, I look at it as a way to make, do a make to orders. Yeah. And so somebody, and it, you know how it can be for custom stuff. Like some people have a vision like, I want this thing. Can you do this thing? Mm -hmm. Some people are like, I want a belt. Yeah. And I want it fun. to be pretty. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And I want it to be cool. And, and it's like, well, cool I can do, I can do cool. I'm like, all right, all right. I got those things. But, you know, it's like, okay, well, there's, you know, you, as you've built up a, a, a tool inventory, so to speak, mm -hmm. you, know, you can make 500 million different patterns with these tools you know especially the geometrics and the basket weaves and stuff like that so i uh, i was like i've got to you know there's going to be some people that want to be very involved with the making mm -hmm. and then there's going to be those people that are just like show me something right and so i've got that's that was my approach is i'll make this little rolodex of different patterns and I'll have these that I can take to a show. If it fits somebody, great. If they're like, I like this pattern, but it doesn't fit, made to order. It's hmm. a good idea. That is we'll a slick see. idea. We'll see if it works. I'll we'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, 
I just feel like because uh, belts are a little bit they don't seem bigger, but they're kind of bigger than a wallet, mm-hmm. right? And I've done shows on different occasions where somebody walk up and look at a wallet and look it over, and they'll see that price tag. I'm like, oh, that's too much for a wallet. Go make it yourself, then. right? <laughs> and, and like put, putting all that little bit of work into a belt, I, I probably would be able to keep my mouth shut on that. If all somebody right. said it, but I mean, I probably would. You got to just be ready for sure. Yeah. You just in, in that setting, like there's it, there's no telling what you get. Uh, people I, are going to come up and say real nice things. Yeah. Some people are going to come up and just not get it. Yeah, true. But you get it. That's the most important thing. The one show that I did, everybody said lots of nice things. Lots of nice things. Mm-hmm. But but not very many people said very nice things with their, their money. So, you know, <laughs> nice nice things are great. <laughs> but uh, right. but sales are nicer, you know. So. For sure. For sure. <laughs> and my, my first festival, I, I made just enough to kind of like clear everything that I put into it, which I invested in a tent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I invested in some tables and some, you know, made some materials to make displays. Um, so, and I had no idea. I was like, I don't know what people are going to want, but this is what I got. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just was, I just knew that this was, like I said, this was going to be like going to school and like, you know, you can make a couple bad grades in school, but not fail the class. Right. right. So yeah. I, I figured the worst thing I do is I make a bad grade like that C in college in my art class that teacher didn't like my paintings. <laughs> I still have a couple of them and I kind of like them, but you know, <laughs> but uh, I just thought, you know, if, if it works out great, if not, I'm going to learn something and I will apply it. Mm. And so just take copious notes uh, about anything that like, colors that people walk towards. I'm like, I'm a, I like to watch people. And uh, I like to talk to them too, but I like to sit there and watch them first. Like, see what, okay, you grabbed that one first. Like, well, that's my least favorite one. I don't know why you grabbed that. And <laughs> like, they're asking, what do you like about that thing over there? Like, I like the color purple. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, more purple stuff, I guess. So how'd that first show go? The first show went, I think I had like, I mean, I cleared like seven or $1,700 is what I made that day. And it was just enough to a little, I made a little bit more than what I put into it, but doubled the next one. And that was your first show? And that was my first show. What show was that? It was the Edmund Fest, uh, Edmund Arts Festival. Oh, okay. All right. That makes sense. And that, so I've only done real, I, well, I guess I technically, I did a day show at the Plaza. Um, it was, uh, it was just like one of those like three or four hour deals mm-hmm. in the Plaza. And I think I sold like $200 worth of stuff that night. <laughs> but it was like 20 bucks to get into the deal. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was another one of those things. It's like big learning curve. Just see what people are gravitate towards. And so, so you started with the bigger shows. I didn't, I didn't think about that when I started doing shows. I was doing like little like church parking lot shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like... I wasn't smart in the beginning. I, I learned my lesson, but like one year show, first year shows and like the little ones, 
Like, it's good to go to them just in case, like, they get big and you're they're good with the people running it. Mm-hmm. But it's the big ones that you have to s- spend, like, a 100 bucks for a vendor spot or more. Or more. Or the ones that you need to go to. More. Sure. Yeah, the downtown Edwin. I mean, it's it's a three day festival, and I think it's like what three hundred dollar three three fifty for for the for the weekend. But you're getting, you know, eighty thousand people that that come to the festival. And if anything, people see your work, you're getting feedback. You get them to sign your list. Uh, maybe some of the some of them want want to get your contact info. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a custom order coming up or um, they you know the, it's brand recognition and so I think yeah. I got more custom orders than anything out of my first show which should tell me probably I guess what I need to be making but of course everybody wants like the one thing that I don't super enjoy making <laughs> so yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing the Fair of the Heart for the first time with Tony nice. Mullins. Really? In, in October. That'd be big. And it scares the shit out of me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I live, I was completely scared mm. out of my mind uh, going into those first festivals. And, and maybe the, you know, like COVID canceling the first one and then pushing the second one to the fall, uh, it may have been a it may have been a blessing for me just because right. I was probably not as ready as I probably it may have been a, a an epic fail. Mm. Um, it gave me more time to continue to a get in the right mindset of like I made all this stuff and skipped a bunch of work that I could have been making money on <laughs> and. Uh, uh, you know, where I would have been like just really starving for a sale, you know, right. and people can smell that from a mile away. <laughs> this guy's trying to sell everything. He's going to make a deal. <laughs> his stuff for cheap today. <laughs> now, are you doing this full time? I am working. I'm transitioning into full time. I'm awesome. not, I'm still doing some painting jobs, uh, you know, just in some like, light restoration kind of house painting jobs um but that's definitely the goal is to make it i'm trying to find that balance of okay i do maybe three to five festivals mm-hmm. um in the meantime also uh incorporating all the custom work that comes from it i'd like to do maybe a little bit more teaching um so i'm trying to find as many avenues as possible that can have a little bit of revenue in each direction that collectively will help me not crawl around and paint baseboards anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Now the art that you're teaching is that, are you teaching like painting or are you teaching leather? Sweet, sweet. It's, It's, I mean, it's very basic. What basically what I've got the kids and it, it is kind of just art in general as well, but it's art emphasized on leather mm-hmm. so yeah i'm trying to teach them a little bit more about the the principles of uh, of art you know value and texture and shape and, and size and balance and, mm-hmm. and movement and all these things 
that can go in, into any art creative process, but, um, but we are working with the medium of leather. And so I've got them where we'll draw something and we'll, I'll, I'll make them do a trace out uh, of like a coaster or a bookmark or something like that. And um, I'll have some stuff that kind of helps guide them. Here's some ideas, but I want them to try to do it themselves. Right. And um, it's been really cool because some of them like just light up and just are, are so excited about making something that they can take home. Mm-hmm. And the and what's really neat is they're like, I want to make something for my friend. I want to make something for my teacher or my mom or my grandma. And so like giving them the outlet to connect with a family member or a friend in that way, like that seems super special to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, just being able to be any part of that process where they make a special connection. And hopefully that's something that they can carry, whether it's with leather work or, you know, anything else in life lessons mm-hmm. that they're able to uh, use forever. And hopefully it'll also pass on the, Leathercraft. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and just, they're going to be a better consumer for it. Yeah. Uh, as far as like knowing what goes into making something. That's true. And, and this throwaway culture that we have has got to stop. Man. I, I, ooh, I don't even want to go down that road. <laughs> I'm just like, that, the beautiful thing about leather work is we're making things that are going to last 10, 20, 30, maybe a lifetime, mm. um, depending on its, it, you know, the utilitarian aspect that it has. Uh, I think where somebody would maybe buy something and use it a couple of times and throw it away, like make it out of leather, pay a little bit more up front and don't buy it every year. Yeah. Um, so I, I am hoping that those are the lessons that some of the kids will take away. Um, they are in fifth grade, so. <laughs> when I was in fifth grade, I was probably not thinking that deep, but. <laughs> My oldest is going into sixth, and so she's, she is really good at drawing. Nice. And, but I was, I've kind of been like, you want to try to, you know, do leather, and when she was younger, she'd come out to the shop with me, but now it's, she would rather stay inside and me and her stay up late and watch horror movies, which I'm cool yeah. with. Yes, good and, too. She'll, she'll sit there and draw, mm-hmm. and like she's not gonna. She loves anime, so that's kind of the uh, style she goes. That is with. the big thing now. And she really knocks some cool stuff out, and like I want to be like, hey, can you draw this for me? Because right. like, <laughs> like I struggle that's at awesome. circles. That's awesome. So uh, hopefully, one it sounds of these like days, you got a, a, a designer coming up. <laughs> okay, so. My youngest one, I did get her at the shop, and she made uh, about a 10-inch strap of just, like, the random tools I don't use anymore. Mm-hmm. And she got the payment. I still have to seal it for her, but she was so happy with it. She she calls it her belt, but obviously it's not – it's not even – it's barely a bracelet, mm-hmm. but she loves it. <laughs> no, that's cool. It's cool that she's already, like, kind of taken to the tools mm-hmm. and – and uh, creating little patterns and stuff. Do you plan on doing any uh, classes up here on how to paint? Because your painting on the leather is... It's pretty spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'd I'd love to. Uh, 
And that's just been a, it's been a, uh, one of those don't be afraid to fail and just like see, mm. I maybe born out of ignorance again. Uh, I, I was, I felt like my approach, you know, five years ago was completely incorrect. And <laughs> <laughs> but I look back at some of those, some of those pieces and they're still nice. Mm. Uh, they're, they're still, you know, usable, obviously. Um, and I, some of them are I mean, people that I can reach out to and be like, Hey, send me a picture of that thing. I want to kind of see how it's wearing. How, it, mm. how is the patina on that thing? And, uh, you know, it, it still wears pretty decently. So I, uh, I'm not ashamed of those old pieces that I was literally had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I've got a little bit more of a process. I've been better about taking notes, uh, what's working, what's not working. Uh, if I cut it at 25%, is that, is, you know, does it work better if I cut it at 50% and go slower? And I, I've really, and, and it helps that I took some, I took some, some classes. <clears throat> I went to the Waco workshop down at the, the heart of Texas. Um, that would have been last year. Uh, yeah, last fall. And, you know, just being around so many other makers and just asking questions and like, hey, what's your process? What's your process? Learn a lot that way. When Jim Linnell came up here, talked to him for a minute. I would say if you're a leather worker, you should definitely reach out to that guy. Cause that's, yeah. he said he's setting the high bar for us. <laughs> yeah, he does incredible work. And, um, and just, is is like a, such a historian of the of the craft itself mm-hmm. and so just the best way to learn is just to sit in front of some of these guys and gals that are that are doing amazing things and just you know if they're willing to share which jim has been i mean he's just such a oh, yeah. a very open book about his process and and wants to like you were saying earlier like we got to get this you know we got to get this thing to continue we mm-hmm. don't want it to die um and so, yeah, he he said some things that really uh, hit home that um, I showed him some of my older work and then I showed him some of my newer work and um, had really, really great feedback. Uh, and it made so much sense, the stuff that he was saying about the older work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to do justice to the leather. You don't right. want it because I'm a color guy. I, I'm, I'm just throwing as much color and as thick as I can, just, as, <laughs> just, oh, it's like basically a big block of acrylic at this point. <laughs> and, you know, you lose it, you lose at that point. And I think that uh, some of the feedback that I was getting from some of these guys really helped me think, okay, I need to take a step back, get a little bit better perspective and see like, okay, I'm, I may be trying too hard here. And where I need to let the leather, let, let, it, let it still be leather right. and not a piece of vinyl that's painted. <laughs> uh, so I think that those things are what I'm definitely carrying forward. And I, I would, I mean, I would love to share my process. It's, it's great. I would, I, I think that's important for the craft, for everybody to just kind of show, you know, right. show what's going on. What, what have you learned? What are, what are the, don't do this. Or, this was an epic fail. <laughs> <laughs> I try to What's one of, as possible. 
What's one of the top tips that you would give to somebody who wanted to make their first guitar strap? First guitar strap. Um, as far as if you're like making it for yourself or making it for somebody or. Uh, I, mean, uh, I mean, either one. I, I'm just just out of curiosity. I've never made one. So. Okay. Well, uh, the, the size, shape um, of the guitar, the way it connects, those are all things that are obviously important to think about when you're designing it. Um, where you're putting your artwork, uh, if, if you've got it, if it's got adjustability, <laughs> yeah. if it's got adjustability in the front or the back, then you got to be real careful about where you put your artwork because then it's in a place where it may not make sense. Something that you did right side up will turn it upside down and right. things get real weird real fast. <laughs> so my, my approach would definitely be like, I like kind of the fixed front and then adjust in the back. Mm. That way it guarantees my artwork is going to be right there on, your, like on the shoulder to chest and visible. And, uh, you know, you're not going to lose anything at that point. Um, and then, you know, you guitar strap, you got kind of two vertical images. So you could, if you're, you know, if you've got a pattern or you could do a pattern up the back and like a more of a figure carving kind of thing in the front. Um, so it really, yeah, it just kind of depends on the instrument. Um, if it's, if it's a, a really heavy instrument, <clears throat> if it was like an electric guitar or Versus an acoustic guitar, you may use some different levers. Mm -hmm. um, so you just want to pay attention to stuff like that. The last one I made, I, I haven't made, I made a few of them when I first started. But I made one a year or so ago when I did that fixed front and the adjustable back because the front half of it was a uh, rattlesnake. Yeah. And you want it to be seen there. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I thought those were a lot more fun because when I first started, I was using the Tandy kit. Mm -hmm. That was adjustable both Double ends. Yep. That's and, the first uh, ones that I made too. And it, I mean, it looked cool, but it just depends on how they wear it. Yeah, because people, and so if you're making it for somebody, mm -hmm. always, A, send me a picture of your guitar. Send me a picture of you playing your guitar. Sweet I want to see how you're holding it. I want to see where's your current strap. What's it doing? Is it connected? Is it like a belt, belt, too, where you'd have different sizes? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's personal preference. I've got people that um, that want more of a thin, kind of belt-like strap, um, maybe like one and a half to two inch, um, and then you know, but that allows for less artwork. So I kind of tend to make bigger straps because I want to throw as much stuff on there as possible <laughs> and make it super bougie and ridiculous. Uh, so I tend to do like two and a half to three inch guitar straps. Um, but yeah, I it, it really depends on the person's style that is going to be wearing it. Uh, and especially if it's somebody that's like gigging and playing out a bunch, like, all right, well, what kind of stuff are you wearing? Mm -hmm. What is this going to be like a Western-y kind of thing? Or is this going to be, do you want it to be super colorful? Do you want it to be something that, uh, or you, you, you know, your hair going to be covering it up? <laughs> 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 My artwork in the back? Or so it's just ask as many questions as possible, get as many pictures as possible as, as what the person is uh, 
how they're carrying it, where it, where and how it attaches are super important things. I had once, when I was still early, it was a guitar strap band, and it was a guy I worked with, and he wanted it all one piece. Mm-hmm. Like, And he was a bassist, so it was a little bit bigger. Yeah, it was a thicker strap. Yeah. He wanted uh, floral and not much floral, but a vine work all the way from one end to the other. And his initials on the front. And he also wanted me to do a pick guard for his guitar, which mm-hmm. was cool. And I took the order. I was fully confident. Wow. He paid that Friday night. I think it was I think it was that Friday night. I went because I was riding bulls up at that time. Broke my wrist. Oh. I tooled the whole thing with a broken wrist. Mm, well, in a, oh, geez. I was in a special cast. And I had to tool that whole damn thing. I was, I could. He he, he told me I could have waited, and just waited until I was out of the cast and not hurt. But I was selfish, or not selfish, stubborn, mm-hmm. and decided I was going to go ahead and do it. And it turned out decent. Nice. I mean, it, it turned out <laughs> what I what, the degree I was back then. Yeah. But yeah, it, the weird thing is, is like. Money aspect of it like kind of gets me running in circles, like taking money up front and feeling mm. like uh, feeling the pressure of that kind of thing. So I totally get it. You're like, no matter what, <laughs> as long as I still have an arm, yeah. <laughs> doing this thing. So yeah, I, I can totally get that part. So did we cover everything on your notes? Uh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> you came with notes for the podcast? Oh, you know, I have I looked at it once because I kind of got I, had a I love that. huge brain fart and forgot where I was at and who I was for a minute. No, I love that. I function solely on notes and lists at this point. Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing was... Um, I wanted to talk about yeah art stuff and and, and the kids. Uh, I was going to ask y'all uh, about sh- uh, shop organization. Are you are you guys like me and you change your shop up like every month? Wait, your shop is organized. I no, mean, I was about to say my is, stuff is, for a is minute, and then it isn't. <laughs> my I, stuff is kind of where it lands, you know. From like November to January first mm-hmm. there's no organization it's controlled chaos the mm-hmm. whole time uh during the summer months once i get in a flow of working on stuff and either making custom orders or uh just inventory like i'll start getting a pile of like hey i'm gonna put these patterns right here and mm-hmm. so i know where they're at and then i'll keep putting patterns there and then I'll have to move them to put something else there. It's, it. I'll, I'll say organized for about a week. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's just chaos. Mm-hmm. But I know where it's I w- at. Organized. Chaos. I will. Yeah. I, mean. I will say one of my best, um, like serendipitous kind of, it just happened and it worked out really well. Is I came across a. I'm okay. This is. I'm gonna tell myself a little bit. Um, I am a bit of a dumpster diver, yeah, but, I mean, I live in, I live in the country, 
So like you have room to accumulate some things. So I at one point had happened upon like, um, you know, the big racks with casters that are like in like big deep freezes at like restaurants or like oh. Jimmy John's places that they put their bread on the big tall <laughs> shelves with the with the wheels. Right. Yeah. So I happened upon a couple of those and they have turned into the most spectacular leather storage that I have ever had. Um, And, and I, I mean, the wheels are kind of sketchy, (laughs) which is probably why somebody was getting rid of them. Um, But like the shelves in them are just absolutely, because they're pretty wide. So the shelves in them are just absolutely perfect for laying the rolled leather. And I actually have some semblance of organization there because the the shelves were adjustable. So like veg tan, I have a whole bunch of like really big rolls of veg tan. So I'm able to keep those actually organized on one shelf of these rollers. So it's it's been really handy. Nice. Other than that. It's just a dumpster fire most of the time. <laughs> as long as the toddler doesn't get to it, it's all good. He has not, he has not eyeballed them yet. I am in big trouble once he finally notices it. But thank God that's one thing he has not noticed yet. But you want to talk about tricky because I still, I still work out of my house. So yeah. I have had to one-year-old proof basically my leather shop. Mm-hmm. And, like, everything is sharp. Yeah, literally. Uh, and, like, I can't tell you how many times I have asked, just, ab- you know, absentmindedly, like, set a pair of scissors down close to the edge of the table. And next thing I hear is, like, and he's, like, taking off, running away, thinking, because he, he gets excited he when he does. <laughs> yeah, he, he gets excited when he does things he's not supposed to, and he knows he's not supposed to grab stuff off my table. So he'll snag, like, my poly hammer or something and take off, just peeling with laughter, just so proud of himself. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, crap. So <laughs> I have had to just... Uh, just by way of that, I've had to get a little bit better organized. But I actually modeled some of the stuff that I did off of uh, Dustin's shop a little bit. Um, like the tool rack, like where you just have like, you have like screwed leather in and you have slots for tools. Oh, yeah. And then um, Artie Shell, which I know he's not an Oklahoman, but I would love to have Artie on the podcast. Is that if he would. Leather? Yeah, it's Mescon Leather. Um, have you seen in his videos his tool cart? He did a he did a video specifically on his tool cart and how he has it organized and everything that's on it. And it is it is a level of organization that I aspire to meet. It's fantastic. Like roll it around and move it around. Yeah, so he just got like a like a roller cart of some sort from like Harbor Freight or something. And he has kind of, he used like four by fours or like some big pieces of wood and drilled holes to make tool racks that fit down into this, this cart. Nice. And yeah. And he's got basically absolutely everything that he uses on a regular basis is, is on this cart. Hmm. So it's, it's, it's really slick. It's really slick. Yeah, it does like this every day. Um, yeah, it is pretty slick. Um, it's cool. But 
I don't I don't even think I have enough tools get creative with the way that they get organized because everybody's different and everybody's got a different approach yeah and and it can be tough to stay organized and you know your your business uh, I mean my business uh, I can speak for myself is ever-evolving I'm sure (laughs) as as y'all is as well but I mean, you get new tools, you, it creates a different, either a different, com- completely different process in itself, or, uh, you know, you, you're always like, wait, what, should I do that thing first? Or should I do this thing first? How should I order this thing? Well, if I do it this way, then I need to have this over here. And so mm-hmm. I literally like every month, I, I pretty much move everything in my little shop, which my shop is a spare bedroom. Uh, it's 100 square feet and once again my wife is being very patient with me um because it is now taking over the rest of the house uh so you know the big the big pieces of uh high density plastic that Mm -hmm. they use the roller to to cut and everything well that is now out in the living room on a desk (laughs) and it is a four by eight <laughs> Whoa! And we are in a thirteen hundred square foot house. <laughs> we may as well just call the house a studio at this point. <laughs> so thanks, Liz. Thanks for uh, being patient with me and and uh, and letting my process just kind of bleed out into the rest of the house. <laughs> that's another. That's another hallmark of creatives that we've had on this show is very supportive spouses seem to be a, a be major to, theme. <laughs> no, Wouldn't no, it. without it, she's she's been a complete support. I, I mean, just the support across the board. Uh, you know, it, uh, my my parents super supportive. Um, just my family in general very mm-hmm. supportive. The uh, the stone that I've been tooling on. When I started doing leather work, my grandmother said, hey, your dad did leather work back in Scouts. And I think I've got some of his stuff up in the attic. Mm. And uh, she went up there and grabbed his old, the old uh, granite stone. Mm. So the stone that I've been using to tool all my stuff on is something that he used to make wallets when he was in like, seventh and eighth grade (laughs) very cool yeah so the nostalgia of it is pretty cool too Hmm. so thank you for coming thank you um go ahead and plug the your business Mm -hmm. where people can find you and also the where you're teaching cool yeah uh first off thanks you guys i think uh this thing that you're doing is is an incredible um it's an incredible thing to be able to put this stuff out into the world mm-hmm. and uh, let n- people know not only what we do as leather workers, but uh, just, you know, the, the, the art of it, um, the, the craft itself, it needs to be uh, salvaged. We need to continue to grow it and, and see it go, you know, continue to go places. Uh, so thank you guys for, for having, especially in here in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks for having local, local artists here and, and help us build our brands and, and get the word out there. Um, 
my my social media is I, I'm not very good at it, but uh, <laughs> uh, I'm working on it. I promise. Um, it's uh, social media is Parham Custom Leather on Instagram, and that's probably what I'm on the most, which is not very much. But I was gonna <laughs> say I I don't think you have posted more than like ten times in the last year. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're probably not wrong. <laughs> um, I had to think about it. I'm like, wait, oh yeah, it's my name. Okay, uh, <laughs> it's my name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, and then my website, which a I built a website on Wix, and I am not a website builder, but Wix has got a pretty decent, you know, deal that it makes it pretty easy for you to figure out. Um, but I am Parham Cut. Uh, www.parmcustomleather.com um, so it's pretty much just if you look up Parm Custom Leather you should be able to find me um, but yeah I the Arts Up is a, a fantastic program that I'm working with for the kids uh, they also have an Instagram and um, which is at Arts Up with an exclamation point at the end <laughs> and um yeah, if you are feeling generous and you're able to give to them because it goes to a really good uh, program that shows kids um, not only how to do, you know, engage in the artistic uh, process, uh, creative process, but also uh, be able to mentor kids at a, a very vulnerable time, um, you know, at that fifth, five to eighth grade. You know, it's when you can go and get into a lot of trouble <laughs> and start going <laughs> an avenue where you probably shouldn't be. So, Better to uh, find creative outlets. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, um, yeah, check them out. And thank you guys for having me. Problem is blast. Appreciate yeah, it. thanks for being on, Michael. And and I think I missed it at the beginning of the podcast. What part of Oklahoma are you in? I am in Oklahoma City. I'm from McAllister. Okay. Good deal. I've been in Oklahoma City for a decade now. Awesome. Well, thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on this show. We really enjoyed your story. Thank you. All right. Until next week, I have been Justin. And I have been Melissa (laughs) with the with Possible's (laughs) Leather. Yep. Bye. Bye. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> I said it once, say it again. How many times I told you? I know this stuff because I'm from the great state of Oklahoma.